Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Today I have Jonathan Butler, who's going to talk to us about social media strategy. Uh, a lot of the recurring uh, issues I see with a lot of uh, the people I talk to in the arts is they're not quite sure how to handle social media. It is a specialty, and a lot of us don't have the time, don't have the resources to specialize in it because we're already practicing our art, practicing our craft, and how can we do just a little bit better than what we've been doing, whether it's YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, you know, and I thought, wouldn't it be great if I brought in a specialist to talk about it? And so this is Jonathan Butler to talk about social media, and I'll see you on the other side. Thanks, everybody. I have Jonathan Butler. Uh, you're, you're a social media expert, um, according to my sources. Uh, what, what, how would you label yourself uh, professionally? Professionally, how would I label myself? Um, content marketer and brand strategist at least that's my title on linkedin so that's the one we'll run with is okay. a content marketer and brand strategist cool that was the one i was going to default to if we couldn't figure that out <laughs> okay <laughs> uh this is um perfect timing because in the schedule you're coming your, your episode is coming on after this author named david hollander who i just interviewed uh and like the first third of our conversation which went on for about an hour and a half was a our mystification of twitter uh and and, mm-hmm. and we were talking about how it is that a professional professional author who's been published through the system only has like maybe a thousand couple thousand followers but somebody who's self-published hasn't had their manuscript edited doesn't have professional formatting on their books has 20 30 50,000 followers. Uh, and so we were trying to, we're, 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 we kind of came to a dead end on that conversation. But, but you know, I, I interview a lot of creators, or I don't interview them, I more just talk to them or talk at them. Uh, it, it, but the, the biggest confounding thing for all these creators is how the hell do you work with social media? And so that's, it's perfect timing that you're here because you can school all of us. <laughs> oh, I don't know about school, but <laughs> I will try and drop off as many um, gems as I possibly can. Great. Um, so I guess let's talk about your background for a little bit. Let's, yeah, um, sure thing. Because you're highly qualified based on the notes that I have here. Uh, and I, I want to break those down first. Um, I'm to understand based on my sources. Of course, that is Jan. <laughs> that uh, you're really passionate and knowledgeable about social media, uh, beyond strategy. Um, you, you tend to identify all the little quirks about each platform. And uh, she says that you stood out above all the other social media specialists at the firm you two used to work for. And um, just due to the amount that you read about social media. And so that's your qualification. I believe it 100% when it comes from Jan. Uh, and so could you give us a little background about how you got started? Yeah, first and foremost, again, thank you for the opportunity. I'm excited to be mm-hmm. here to talk about social. 
Um, my background in social starts in undergrad. So at this point, all the social media platforms are in the beginning stages of growing. So in Facebook started to take off around 2009, 2010, as well as Twitter. Instagram was later on in undergrad, Snapchat later on in undergrad. YouTube was a thing, but it was still trying to figure out, okay, who we are, what we do. Um, and of course, LinkedIn is just where you go to get spammy sales pitches and the like. Uh, so for me, um, it was just really understanding that marketing and advertising as a whole was going to shift. And that's just with any type of te technological advancement. And social presented, um, I can't say cheap, but more, um, what's the, what are the words I'm looking for? Is I don't want marketers to come like, oh my God, he said what we were doing is cheap. <laughs> um, well, in the movie industry, more, most of the time it's true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like more price conscious and or budget sensitive um, in terms of what you were able to do and who you were able to target. Because at one point in time, think about it, traditional advertising, broadcast and print, you just threw a net out and hope you catch the fish. With social, it became, we can throw a net out and know exactly how many fish we're going to net in based on these parameters, based on these KPIs. Um, and I took interest in that and took note in that and thought that this was going to be a growing field that I didn't want to miss. Um, I have a passion for marketing and advertising. So it was naturally, it was just like, okay, let's try and figure this out. Yeah. And so it, I, I would assume that as a result of them being able to sort of fine tune their aim, that their uh, engagements went up. So that's the art and science of social is that it's not like one silver bullet where you post and or you post consistently and things work out in your favor. It's um, kind of alluding to your point to earlier about the author. It's one, knowing who you're talking to, two, how are you talking to them and where you're talking to them at? Because it could be a situation where you have this amazing content. It's just on the wrong platform. And that's the art and science and saying, okay, where's my audience? Um, and how do I post content that they'll not only engage with, but that they'll also continue to just absorb? Yeah. Um, are you okay talking about some of the, I mean, you don't have to name drop anyone, but I'm interested in some of the brands you've worked with and... Um, how you engage with them, what are the things you've taken away mm -hmm. from some of the projects you've done? Yeah, sure thing. Um, yeah, sure. Worked for a number of brands, including Budweiser, Stella Artois, HBO Latino, um, here recently, Schindler Elevators, that was fun. Um, Radian Mortgages, and that was another company i'm blanking dow don't know how i could forget a big company like that <clears throat> excuse me but yeah 
those were just some of the companies um in addition to just doing some freelance work for some brands so i've crossed both b2b and b2c so yeah it's a challenging world out there that's for sure in the realm of social so i'm in out of all those i'm most interested in schindler because i have an interest in technology and infrastructure and they kind of fall into both mm-hmm. um, what was that like what 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 did they need from you i, I feel i feel like a company like schindler would have their shit together in-house <laughs> uh, uh, not to talk negatively about the client because they were wonderful no, all clients uh, are great <laughs> <laughs> no they came to us to help us um really they wanted to do a better job on social media because they had a very engaged audience it was just understanding a how do we create content that like i said keeps them engaged and b um really just honing in on specific content that really mattered for the brand because the last thing you want to do is put out a piece of content and it does nothing for you as a brand as a consumer so for us it was sitting down helping them to understand one who they were and two how each social media platform differed with respect to their various audiences um discovered that there's a such thing called an elevator enthusiast mind-blowing for me because i did not know such a thing exists um and it's an entire community of individuals that rate elevators like they give their feedback on elevators and i thought that that was so fascinating um yeah it was really different really different yeah i um i used to get into stuff like that and just uh I, I was always astounded by the by this idea that elevators can't really fall like as much as people think they can, and and the reasons why uh, are all integrated into these systems. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I totally understand why that would be a subject people would latch onto. Um, so, did, were you were you trying to engage in with those people, or was it more business to to business? So it was a little bit of both in that we were trying to engage the business to business crowd in terms of, hey, Schindler Elevator should be your um, elevator and or escalator manufacturer of choice. And then the flip side to that was the consumer end where if there was an issue, they could reach out to us via social, um, obviously like customer care, um, trying to resolve resolve those um, issues as best as possible in addition to just engaging with the audience that they had. So it was a little bit of both. How much do you think response engagement is, how important is that? Um, Very. Very when you're working with um, something as critical as like an elevator or um, an escalator brand. Because think about it, these things are in the very building. Well, I can't say buildings now, given everything going on, but pre-COVID, these things impacted our daily lives. So imagine if you're on an elevator and it just stops out of nowhere and you're trying to figure out who I call, who I contact. The first thing they do is go to social and say, who's who's the manufacturer or the brand for said elevator? They reach out to us to let us know, 
hey, we're on this elevator. It's been stuck for 30, 45 minutes. Help us out. <laughs> and that happens through social media? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So cool. You'd be surprised. A lot of brands have like customer care um, accounts just for inquiries and complaints. Yeah, AT&T does that, and I'm one of their returning customers consistently. Uh, so but I just love this idea of somebody using Twitter to say, hey, our elevator stopped. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never heard of that. That's wonderful. Um, are there? Have you ever had clients where they're just in their early stages and they need to grow their audience? What, mm-hmm. What's some, some advice you might give to artists that really need to grow their followers on Twitter or their um, connections on some of the other platforms? No, that's a very good question. Um, And really kind of thinking about it even further, it boils down to a couple of things. The first is understanding your objective. So what are you specifically trying to accomplish on social? Because that's going to ultimately determine not only what actions you take, but your audience and what platform you use in order to accomplish that goal. The second thing I would say is understanding the audience that you're going after. Um, Marketing 101, I won't charge for this. They call it psychographics. So understanding like the who, what, when, where, and how of your audience comes in handy um, when you're pitching a new product, a new service, whatever the case may be. Um, Third, I would say, if I had to put my money on it, it's understanding just enough about the platforms um, and how they kind of ties in together. So it could be where you're looking to do a book release on superpowers. There's a running topic on Twitter right now. You're looking to do a book about superpowers, finding superpower individuals. Um, A trending topic as of the last two, three, four days has been that um, people, specifically black people, are going to gain or supposed to gain superpowers due to the winter solstice yesterday. Don't know why someone tweeted this out. Folks ran with it and it turned into pure comedy on Twitter for the last, like I said, two, if not four days. If I'm looking to do a book launch about superpowers, I'm trying to figure out a way how to tap into those jokes in a way that not only makes sense, but that's conversational and native. Because the last thing you want to do, and a lot of brands get in trouble for this, is that they try to latch on to cool and it does not work. Yeah. Yeah, you know who I think has had done a good job with just kind of being chill is um some of these streaming platforms and how they talk at one another. So Hulu will talk mm-hmm. to Netflix and mm-hmm. uh I find it absolutely hysterical when that happens. The brand chats, those are always interesting cuz someone will start something and then it just goes downhill from there. Um best example the chicken sandwich wars 
that popped off here 2019 or something like that. Um, of course, Popeyes, they did, they debuted their sandwich and they're on Twitter like, oh, we unveiled a chicken sandwich and Chick-fil-A chimes in and they're like, we're premium number one, blah, 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 so on and so forth. And Wendy's, the snarkiest, but the funniest Twitter account, um, they chime in, they give their input. Um, and then just a host of brands begin chiming about their chicken sandwiches or whatever. And this is pure comedy. It's gold. And when it happens, it's like, ah, chef's kiss. This is what we come here for. So it's, it's the, the message here is it's okay to interact with your competitors. Yeah, and of course. And have fun with them. And only the square hamburger can be the snarkiest. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, their Twitter account is golden. It's... <laughs> It's salute to whoever runs their Twitter account. I'm gonna look and I'm gonna look them up and follow them because um, I mean I don't eat a lot of fast food these days, but I am interested in social media strategy that I'm willing to follow the best of the best. Um, can we talk a little bit about social media and society um, to understand yeah. you're really into social issues, which uh, I think all good citizens should be? Yeah. Um, you you uh, the impression is that you were the most passionate person on the diversity team at the firm where you and Jan used oh, to work. Oh, wow. That is quite <laughs> and, the title. Uh, how does social media and social issues, how can they, how do they coexist? How can one, how can social media boost the uh, awareness mm-hmm. and passion for social issues? Yeah. Um, again, great question. And looking at how um, Twitter really took off in 2010 when Arab Springs occurred. And then people were trying to figure out what's the best source of information to go about this issue and or topic. And then turned out it was Twitter. So Twitter has been a great platform for, um, yeah, I'll go with that. Twitter has been a great platform for citizen journalism, real time figuring out, hey, okay, what's going on from this angle, this angle, and this angle. Uh, as you think about it, most news broadcast teams, they only have so many people on their staff in order to get to these areas. So at that point, you kind of have to rely on your citizens to report at least somewhat factual information. They not, they're not always going to get the facts right, but at least they are in the field saying, hey, you know, this is going on, NBC, ABC, CNN, Fox News, <laughs> whoever you are, um, this is what's going on right now as we see it. So in terms of its importance, I think social plays a huge uh, role in not only disseminating um, critical information, but just saying like, hey, this is really what's going on out here. Yeah, I just had a uh, a guest on whose his episode is actually going to air next Monday. Um, his name is Erwin Gratz. He mm-hmm. and we just talk about journalism. Uh, he yep. works for NPR or some version of NPR up in Maine, and um, I, we never dropped that term citizen journalism. But I actually absolutely love that term, um, and now I want to start looking more into that. <laughs> 
Yes, that social has democratized the role of news. It's um, prevalent in almost any and every new piece of information that you see, whether it's the Black Lives Matter movement, um, whether it's more lighthearted information, whatever the case may be, social plays a huge, or citizen journalism plays a huge factor into our news and media cycle. Yeah, isn't that how uh, Tim Pool kind of came came to the scene? Uh, just basically reporting on what was happening with Occupy Wall Street. Um, so, let, let's go into YouTube for a sec. Okay. <laughs> I've seen that grow ever since it was an indie startup. Yeah. Um, when I what when was I the first video like somebody like biting some gorilla in like a <laughs> the zoo or something is like oh wow we've come a mighty long way. Well, what's funny is they used to do these videos of the week. So our video upload of the week is, and then that would be your featured video. Um, they mm-hmm. don't do that anymore. But I had that at one point before Google bought it. I'd put a trailer up for an indie film which looked like garbage. But back then, it was it did, it pissed off a lot of the um, the users because it looked too professional. Even though I don't think it looked professional at all, and now it's I can't imagine how much hair they're pulling out with all the stuff that's on there—the Colbert and it's network right, television. Yep, yep. Um, have you looked into strategies? Well, actually, you know what? Let's talk, not talk about strategies. How important is going viral? Mm, again, art and science. And this is an issue that brands have bad. It's that we always want to go viral. We always want to go viral. We always want to go viral. Hey, make sure you're reading the creative brief. We always want to go viral. And that's just not the case. Like, it's once in every blue moon that something pops off and goes viral. But and I say this with um, as much honesty and candor as possible is that there's a lot of content out here. It's not a lot of great content. And that's what distinguishes between simply being the brand that puts out a few pieces here and there and those that go viral. Um, And I would honestly say the point isn't to go viral. The point is just. Hello? Can you hear me? I think I lost you. Okay, there we go. Oh, you're back? All right, cool. Yeah, I was about to email you. Awesome. Uh, So you were saying about the viral. Yeah. Um, The issue with virility is that there's a lot of content out here. It's not a lot of great content out here. So your job as a brand is to simply be at the forefront of the consumer's mind. 
So if I'm a marketer and I'm taking that POV, it isn't how can I put out a content that simply goes viral? It's how can I put out content that consumers engage with on a consistent basis? Because for me, I equate going viral to being a one hit wonder. Sure, that's cool, that's great, but versus you being a Millie Vanilli, can you be a Jay-Z? It's like the, of course, me being a Jay-Z brand, I was gonna throw that out there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a good comparison though. I was like, that's the best way I can put it is like, are you going to be a one hit wonder or are you going to be an artist that consistently churns out hits? You're not always going to get it right, so don't try to. I'm like, go out here, fail, learn from your failure, revise, improvise, keep pushing. That. So I wouldn't say go viral. I would say focus on just being the brand that people know, love, and trust. Yeah. So consistent output with uh, with high quality. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. what what is some advice you've you've given to some of your clients on how to deal with YouTube Ooh, so video marketing is ever growing and the brands that latch onto that little kernel now are the ones that are obviously going to be at the forefront of any consumer's mind for example complex um the like or, like the basically like hip hop magazine or whatever they did or they had the foresight to say video is going to be big especially for us so what we're going to do is invest in video when no one else is the end result is that if i'm not mistaken complex leads in video marketing and or video statistics across all brands because they have the foresight to say people may not want to read what we're putting out they may not want to engage in like an infographic so what's the next best thing a video and cnbc they do a phenomenal job they have like short 15 20 minute segments about just various topics um like why cop why car colors are so boring or why the Boeing 757 calls so much or why Bitcoin is all the rage. It's very informative. I'm like, yo, I don't have to watch the news at this point. I watch these little videos and keep pushing. Yeah, they're good. They're almost like they're just basically these micro documentaries which could themselves be their own Nonfiction books. I yeah, I know exactly the types of videos you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, great. Uh, yeah, I just saw a note that Jan made for me about how much you love music, and after the Jay Z reference. <laughs> um, yeah, I, and actually going back to that, it seems to me that the the overarching message here is consistent, high quality output as opposed to one shot, get a thousand subscribers, get a million subscribers off one thing. Um, and uh, I think that's solid advice. What, 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 how, it, has there been an average 
time frame or an average of I, I mean I don't know if the numbers are run on this but like let's say oh out of 10 companies it took them x amount of time to grow this many people or this much content to grow mm-hmm. this many followers have you ever run numbers like that so I haven't run those numbers but they kind of dies into a just societal issue as a whole and that everything and that people want everything right here now and brands run into this issue is that we're going to put something out on social and it's just going to work and give us immediate results that's just not the case like it may take you a hundred pieces of content over the span of two years in order to get to five thousand followers Hmm. that's five thousand I didn't say 10, I didn't say 20, that's just 5,000. When you have other brands out here, of course, household names, they drop two pieces of content and they have 2 million followers in 24 hours. So I would say it's a long game now anyway, when it comes to social, because at one point in time, when it was all organic, yeah, you could post content, once twice a month you gain so many followers and it was okay but now since it's paid to play you got to do just that you have to invest now in your content in order for it to succeed and grow and i understand that if you're starting out from ground zero you don't have that budget so you have to find creative ways in order to essentially grow your audience and create that content that they're going to love would would you agree that um, 50 followers who are truly interested in your brand is more important than 1,000 followers who care less at all? 100%. 100%. How, how would you sell that concept to uh, a, a big company that that might not understand that or maybe might not collectively it? might not understand that? Yeah. In the world of social, and it kind of ties into PR too, you have influencer marketing. So essentially, it's taking these people with these huge followings and promoting a product or a service. Now, not only is this field growing, it's starting to enter into like those adolescent years where things are painful and things are stretching beyond comfort. And you're like, "Uh, what is this? There are tiers of influencers. So you have... I'm trying to keep myself honest. You have mega, you have mega influencers, macro, micro, and nano influencers. The look of your face is everything. You're like, what the? Hell can is you break? This? Can you break them down? Yeah, sure thing. Yeah, sure yeah, thing. Yeah. So the mega influencers. Think of your Rihanna's, your um, Kendall Jenner's, celebrities at that point. Macro below are more social, actual social media influencers. Um, Pew, Pew Die Pie or Pew Do Pie, whatever his name is. Pew I consider, bingo, him. I consider <laughs> him not to be a quote unquote traditional celebrity, but more so in the social influencer realm. Um, And then from there, micro on down to nano is really just any and everyday people that you engage with. So it could be you, it could be me, it could be Jan, it could be the neighbor across the street that has a social media following that brands want to tap into. Just think about it. 
influencer marketing is nothing but celebrity endorsement 2.0 that's it that's it that's nothing to it but exactly that so in taking that kernel it then becomes who do people trust more than anyone else and it's not necessarily a traditional celebrity it's people that they know the everyday people that are in their lives their neighbors their friends their brother mother sister father whatever the case may be so in selling that concept to brands it's i know you want to work with rihanna hell i want to work with rihanna for my own selfish reasons but that's not the case the point is we can get 10 rihannas for the cost of what you're going to pay a rihanna and call it a day and on top of that the 10 rihannas their followers are more in uh, more than likely to engage with what we have going on than Rihanna herself. So what's a nano influencer? So a nano influencer is anyone with under, if I'm not mistaken, because the numbers change all the time. Mm-hmm. It's either no more than 10,000 followers or no more than 5,000 followers, one or the two. Yeah. It'll probably end up being 10,000 at some point. Yeah. Yeah, it is. A it seems like the world. higher numbers become less valuable. As mm-hmm. all right, um, great. Uh, what's the you said? You said you started this in your undergrad. Mm-hmm. Colleges now, I assume, are teaching this as a profession. What are some of the things they're doing? Do you know? Like what that, what the uh, undergraduate sort of degree plan looks like? Because now we're not targeting my, my audience. We're targeting people who might want to do what you do. Yeah, sure thing. Um, I would say it's probably, not, well, I can't say that. Um, it <laughs> may be a full-on degree, but for the most part, it's still like marketing and advertising with maybe like a concentration in social. Mm-hmm. So I'd imagine at the collegiate level, it's, you know, standard deep dive of the history of social, um, who the big players are, followed by probably when you start to really dive into things, um, marketing strategies, what works best on social, what doesn't. Um, then followed by an internship, if I put my money on it, an internship working with a company on their social media. In that, yeah, actually in that order because it happened to me. So I'd imagine it's the exact same thing. What We're, we're going to be wrapping this up probably about 10 minutes. Uh, wh- what are some sources that you think people should uh, subscribe to to kind of receive updates on sort of what the current trends are with social media strategy because I find a lot of people are always behind uh, and I'm, I'm interested in what not only what's current but what's kind of how we can predict what we should be doing next week and then the week after yeah sure thing um, a couple of sources that I subscribe to are Forbes, uh, they have a really great marketing section. The New York Times also has like a section devoted to marketing. 
um, Social Media Today, Content Marketing Institute, Ad Week, Ad Age. Um, hmm. There are a couple of professional organizations that do a good job of just simply giving like an overview of the world of social. Um, Ad Color is, are, is one of those organizations. Um, AMA is also another great organization. Um, if you want to get like technical and like scientific and just nerd out, peer review studies are always tried and true about this is what potentially might be the next big thing in social. Um, That's the one. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. If I haven't said social media today, that one for sure. Yeah, I think at this point, there's so much confusion about it with people that the most technical solutions is probably the best. Um, yeah. Uh, is there any general advice you want to send out to all of the listeners who, you know, a lot of these guys are filmmakers, probably for the most part, writers uh, and mixed media artists who, you know, they're learning how to specialize in this. Yeah. 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 Um, I definitely understand being the one man band and trying to <laughs> get everything under wraps and you're trying to launch this project and you're trying to take care of operations and marketing. Um, so my heart goes out to every single last listener that is a one man and or one woman band. Um, best piece of advice I can give, and we alluded to it earlier, is staying consistent, creating content that people want to engage with, and understanding your audience. Those three things are pretty much it. What's what's your recommended frequency? Hmm. That's going to differ per brand and or uh, individual and what you do. Typically, it's and it's going to differ on the platform, too, because on Twitter, you could post five times a day on Instagram. It could be once or twice a week. Facebook, virtually the same Um, LinkedIn, two to three times a week or whatever the case may be. So I would say just honestly, it differs and it depends. Okay, great. Uh, this was, I think, insightful, and um, I, I really appreciate your time on this. Yeah, I'm Is happy there, to help. Do you want me to send uh, the audience anywhere to look look you up, or uh, are you t- um, totally private? <laughs> no, no, no. I am on LinkedIn and Twitter. So okay. if anything, they can definitely just hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. And I'll, I'll, I've already sent you a, a LinkedIn connection, so I'll send you uh, a, a Twitter follow as well. And I'll make sure to put links in the description for everybody to find Perfect. you. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us on the episode with Jonathan Butler. I thought it was a pretty useful episode. Uh, I think that there's a lot of stuff that we can continue to mine from it, a lot of information. Uh, as far as all the links he recommended, uh, I'll put those links in the description so that you guys have an easy way to access all that stuff. You can just click and go. Uh, I I tell you, I'm thinking about 
now this idea of tweeting at Chandler Elevator if I ever get stuck in the elevator. I'm going to be thinking about that like moving forward whenever I'm in an elevator. I'm like, oh, is this manufacturer, is the manufacturer of this elevator somebody I can tweet at if I get stuck? <laughs> and I might even uh, follow Schindler on Twitter just to just to see if, if those interactions come through my feed. Um, it's interesting. I would have never thought that this podcast would unveil this idea of tweeting at the manufacturer of the elevator that has stopped suddenly. <laughs> it, it makes total sense. But the, for me, though, the, the real thesis of this episode is it's so important to create an ongoing conversation through social media with your audience, whether they're all there now or not, because they'll arrive eventually, as long as you continue doing it. You just got to keep at it, and you got to keep being inventive at it. You have to consistently be engaging. You know, there's some people who are just starting out who think it's not not cool to be engaging. Oh, you just put it out there, and you don't engage, because if you become too accessible, then they, they won't view you as a success. It's, it's a total misunderstanding. People want access, so give them access to you. Give them access to what you're creating, to your creative process, to your ideas. Eventually, they will all come, and and they'll be so much more meaningful. Uh, It's just, you know, again, it's a specialty, and you're going to have to become a specialist at it to make it work. And so uh, make be creative with it. Make it fun for yourself. Don't, Don't make this work. Make it fun. And make it part of your creative process. Anyway, we'll continue this conversation about social media over the course of the podcast with other interviewees. And uh, if you guys want Jonathan back on, let me know. I'll invite him back. I'd love to have him back. I thought he was a great guest. And uh, thank thank you, Jonathan, Jonathan, for coming on. I, I really appreciate it. And if you guys have questions in the future for him or any other guests as it pertains to social media, ask me. I'll ask them through. I'll ask your questions through the podcast and because uh, I, I think I'd like to continue this conversation and, I, and I'm going to consistently start asking more guests about how they're handling their social media, if they have social media at all. Uh, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Uh, so there's there's a, one, one other thing, and I always forget to do this. Like there's only a few podcasts where I remember to do this, but I have to start remembering to do this more. And, and that's and this is so important to keeping the co- podcast going. Please go to my Patreon and, and support the podcast. I know everybody says that. And it's like, oh, you too? <laughs> I get it, man. I feel you. Anyway, guys, uh, this is important. I always forget to do this. But uh, I would really love your support in keeping this podcast going, keeping it free, keeping it accessible uh, on, on all the platforms that I can. Uh, and so I have a Patreon that is specifically designed to support this podcast. Uh, if you could please go to it and become a supporter of this podcast, that would be fantastic. You can also support it through Anchor. Uh, Anchor is the host of this podcast or the platform where I'm kind of running it out of. Uh, so Patreon or Anchor. Uh, would love to, to rack up some patrons for this thing. Uh, if you found it useful at all, that's worth then, then it's worth supporting, right? Um, anyway... I'm not going to lean hard in on this, though. Uh, for me, it's just remembering to do it at the end of every episode, and I always forget. But I'm when it comes to, like, 
practical operations, I tend to forget a lot of things. Sometimes I forget to pay my bills. Sometimes I forget to send out invoices to clients. Clients love that, by the way. Uh, and uh, yeah, with these with these episodes, I always forget to say, hey, support me through Patreon. So now I'm saying it on this one. Support me through Patreon. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, I'll see you guys on the next episode. Uh, don't know what that is yet. I haven't scheduled anything yet. Um, just kind of finished my queue of guests for the time being. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye.